Hello, and welcome back to the Christian Formation Podcast. This is part two of our discussion on race. If you want to listen to part one, you can check that out on our Spotify or Apple playlist. And we're going to dive back into the discussion. So within the church context, then, as you're talking about not knowing your identity and people are kind of assuming what your identity would be or just assuming that you're one person when you're actually not, would you say then the best way or I guess the initial step would be to kind of just not have assumptions or what would be helpful for people within church context to start making steps for unity without even realizing that they're not unified in the first place, mm-hmm. I guess. I feel like maybe like it's kind of impossible to not have some, some I, yeah. I, they're going to have those. You will have those. Uh, I have those. I think it's going to, I think it, I think you said it, I think it has to be probably figuring out if there is, um, if there is like lack of unity there and trying to figure out, like, is there something, is there like a, a break here? Cause some people might think like how a person who comes up to you and says like, you know, well, you're basically white. Like you're, we're, we're the same. Like we're, there's, there's nothing to be like discussed but no that probably is though you know there is issues that need to be discussed and stuff like that so i think maybe conversations you know although i'm i've had a lot of conversations and they're kind of tiring <laughs> at times um they're helpful um to have so i think uh conversations and just like starting to um starting to acknowledge the fact that there are uh, there, there's lack of unity here, even though you may not see it, you may not be aware of it. There's, there's something here that needs to be discussed. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. Um, cause I know my, one of my roommates, uh, Daniel and I, we've had a lot of conversations about these things that have kind of, because of what's been brought up, we had a lot more conversations and it's really good to just see and talk to him and, and show that when you're in the majority culture, you you don't necessarily see that there are different cultures or because that culture is different, it's what's foreign. Like it's not, I don't want to say that it's not welcome or anything like that because it is, but from the majority perspective, it's tough to kind of n- know. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to say what I want to say. Well, I don't want to, if it's make it help me out, but just kind of like, just seeing like the differences that we mm-hmm. have. It's, it's, it's kind of like a fish and water kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so it's just been good to talk about that, to even see that he has assumptions and biases. And then even that I have assumptions and biases too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been good for both of us just to see and talk about, but yeah, I would, I would go back to that. Like if you want to know, so like say you're, you are out here in Nebraska, Midwest. You're, and I told him like, you're a white person. And he says this all the time. He's like, he's a Tyler. What am I supposed to do? Like I see these issues, I get it. I have privilege. I, I, and I would tell him that I have privileges too. So it's not a one way street on that. But he just says, like, what do I do? And so I, I tell him, that you pray, you pray for the relationships in this country to be founded on Jesus mm-hmm. and the cross. Yes. Pray for that. Pray for, pray for justice. But like, he's a very practical. Like, what can I do? Like with people, kind of guy. And I say, have relationships. Mm. Like if you see somebody that's different than you, I don't think it's weird to say, hey, what's your story? Right. What are what are things that you see in your daily walk that I don't see? And mm. just start from there and just start on a learning curve, I guess you could say. That's like a 
like if you want to know like a practical thing to do, I think those are some things that you can start with. If you just at this if you're listening to this, you're just wondering like what do I do about all these things that I have no control over? Mm-hmm. You starting your what you do have control over, your community and you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're a white person wondering where do I find black friends, I think you should go to the gym. That's my place. <laughs> if you don't have any black yeah. friends, I don't know where, where, where else you make them. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. We will be on the basketball court. Yeah, man, it's just such a complex thing. It is. Um, and I'm even thinking towards like the future, right? So in our lifetime, uh, like 2044, I think is what the Census Bureau said, like, um, uh, white people will not be majority culture. Like that's um, when the white people will drop below 50%, which is um, just interesting to think about, like um, especially because race is something that affects like all of us, right? And so we're in a white state, surely. And we're in the largest city in a white state. And for me and Tyler, we are in the most uh, diverse maybe section of the largest city in our state, right? District 11, that's our district. Um, there's like 12 people running for district legislator and only one of them was a white guy. Mm. Um, his name is Joe. He's <laughs> probably not going to get it. Oh no. But, um, are Joe? Not Joe. Julian, okay, no. Yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> Different Joe. But he's bald actually. But like, man, I'm, uh, my heart breaks because this is an issue and as unpopular as it is to say that cuts like both ways, right? We all have our prejudices. Um, but the common thought is that racism can't go black to white, right? It's only white to black because it's majority to minority culture. And I don't, and please call me out on this. I don't, I'm processing these things even right now. Um, but there is a sense in which, um, there's like prejudices that we have like both ways. And I, I feel those more now living in a majority black neighborhood than I do otherwise. Yeah. Mm. Um, one quick story. I know this is running very long, but this year um, uh, I was working in the outside in my garden, just doing some work or whatever. And I heard this honking horn and the giggle of kids like run across the street and then this car swerves over and it's my neighbor's kids um, and our foster son who had crossed the street very um, unsafely. And this lady pulls up and she uh, is talking to these kids and I walk over just to see what's happening. Um, uh, just so you know, uh, all African-American children, right? Little Larry, um, our foster son and our uh, neighbor across the street. And they had crossed the road just so unsafely and the lady was you know, saying something to them. And I walk up and as I walk up, she says, okay, like, you know, like, just so you know, like, don't do that and drives off. And that's like the part of the conversation I heard. And then I asked him like, what, what was she saying to you? Um, and they're like, well, she's telling us like not to cross the street, like unsafely. Um, because if like white people see us crossing the street, they might try to hit us with their car. And I was like, oh my word. Wait, she told them that? Yeah. Was, was she white? Did she's a black lady. Okay. I was like, do you guys think that's true? And they were like, yeah. I was like, oh man, like, I don't know what to do with that. Like mm. that is, um, that's like, that's one person in one thing. Right. But the, um, the sentiment behind it and the fact that all of our neighborhood kids from three different households 
believe that that was like truth, mm-hmm. mm. you know, and that is like a post-traumatic thing, right? Like from a culture, I'm assuming that like has experienced those things. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, it's a, it's a, as Mo said last night, it's a neural pathway that's been made that, um, is hard to overcome, mm. but it's also taking an entire population and giving a moral judgment about what they will do because they're white. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's like that stuff that I'm like the way, the way forward um, is very complex, you know? Yeah. Like when the boot is on the other foot, when majority culture isn't white, what will our world look like? Yeah. Yeah. I, man, I, that's a great point to share. And uh, it kind of reminded me of more conversations that I've been having. And I wrote it down so I won't forget. Um, just just to say this for anybody who's listening who may be, who who is white and might feel like they are cast as this enemy, like this evil person. Yeah. Just because you're white. Or if you have like a, a guilt complex too. What I would say to that, like, I've, like I will tell Daniel is that, well, I can't say from everybody's perspective, but from my perspective, as a black man looking at that, you are not my enemy, Daniel. The people who committed whatever crime it is, they are the ones who committed that crime. I don't see all white people as my enemy. I've, yeah, I don't, I, I don't. I want you to know that Christ, we're brothers and sisters. You're not the enemy. Sin is. Um, and if you have like the white guilt complex and you're wondering like, what do I do? Cause you feel like all this weight is placed on you. I would say that you, you aren't the one that committed these crimes. Don't put that kind of guilt and shame on yourself. I don't want to sit. I don't want to, like I tell him you like you, what you can do is like what I always tell you, you can pray, you can have relationships you with people in your family who may have racist tendencies, may have prejudice, like ideas and things like that. And you can talk to them, point them to Jesus, but don't put the guilt and shame on yourself. Like you're the one that pulled the trigger. Mm. That's, and I, I see that in people all the time. And I just kind of want to say that out loud. I know that's, I don't know if that's on top of where we were at, but just no, to kind of, yeah, that's helpful. Put that out there and say that. Cause I know people feel those feelings. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. Like, yes, it, I totally, and that's really helpful, man. Like just to know like that perspective, because I think Mm -hmm. from those who are maybe outside of the church and experiencing racism, um, the problem is whiteness, right? Um, and if the problem is whiteness and the problem is white people, you know, Mm -hmm. like you go to any university across America and there's like racial studies, right? You have black studies, Latin studies. When it comes to white studies, it's like the problem with whiteness or like the Mm -hmm. evils of whiteness, you know? And so to problematize like whiteness is to problematize white people. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? I I was going to say, I definitely agree with, with that. It makes no sense. It's, it's, it's the exact same thing. All black people are this way. All white people are this way. It's the exact same thing. Um, but I would say that I think it's, there shouldn't be any guilt based upon someone's color of skin. It's, it's ridiculous, you know. It would be, it, be like if, like, you know, the problem with the world is everybody, everyone who's, who's above 5'10", 
You know, like, <laughs> like, like no one has any kind of like control of that. It's, 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 it's idiotic. But I would, I, I would, oh my word. I would say though, like, there is like a lot, like there should, and this is what I felt recently with this, with this whole Ahmad Aubrey stuff is, um, I do feel like God's gifted me with a certain amount of privilege, you know, in my life. And, um, I think he calls me to use that to, to lift others up and to speak for other people who can't speak for themselves and use my voice in a way that speaks for them. And so there should be some guilt if I'm not using mm. some privilege that I have, that yeah. I have to do that. So I was, I was just processing, you know, like my life, like, am I going to be, whether it's white or black, am I going to be someone who's at the end of my life? Can I say that I was someone who walked alongside you know people who are oppressed and people who, and, and, and fought problems that kept people oppressed, or am I going to be someone who was comfortable um, living, or you know, living with the uh, other privileged people? You know, like, am I going to be willing to give up some of my, of my privilege and speak? And um, so I was convicted on that. So, so the, I, I, there's a guilt that you should not feel like if I'm, um, if you're white, like. That's just dumb, you know? Mm. But then, like, if you are someone who has privilege and you're not using it to speak right. for people who are not, you know, privileged, I think that's a problem, I think. Yeah, mm. and I yeah. think that especially as, so even as you're saying white guilt, I think it's really easy, especially when topics of race come up, for people who are white to just not say anything because mm. you think, oh, I'm kind of afraid to say something. Or totally. they we talk about, okay, Last night on the talk with Mo, he was just saying how try and rub shoulders with someone, go to a black barber shop and get your hair cut or different things. Like you were saying, go to the gym. Um, but I think for white people, it's that fear of, okay, well, but will I be perceived as racist? What if I ask where this person's from or I offend someone? How do I do that? And truly, I think back to college and it was always kind of funny for my friends because they would always joke. And my friends who were Hispanic would joke with me too. And they would say, oh, eres una Latina en tu corazón. And that means, oh, you're a Latin in your heart. Because all of my friends were Hispanic because <laughs> I spoke Spanish. And so every time yeah. I saw someone from a different country that, again, this is, feels like stereotyping, but I'm thinking, oh, she probably speaks Spanish. I would start talking to her in English. I wouldn't assume she spoke Spanish. And then I would ask, oh, do you speak Spanish? She would say, yeah. Then we'd start talking in Spanish. And it was just a whole new world. And one of my friends said, yeah, I'm from Venezuela and I've been here for over a year and no one has tried to be my friend. You are the first person that's actually reached out to me. And so much so that our professor came over to me one day in English class and said, hey, I don't even know if you know this, but she wrote about you in her final paper and how much you made an impact on her life because she was researching how people from other countries feel so alone. And so a lot of times, yeah, you don't need, I mean, what we were talking about earlier, I don't think you need to assume at all. But I mean, yes, I kind of did assume that some of them spoke Spanish and most of them did. But even if they didn't, that doesn't mean I went, okay, see ya. I'm not right, your friend anymore. Right, right. I sat there and I heard their stories. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's really what matters is trying to figure out where people are coming from and hearing their stories and being their friend regardless of their story. And so I think that especially white guilt or even being afraid of talking to other people if you're listening and you feel that way, I would just encourage you, I, as much as it seems scary, don't be scared and take that step of faith. Again, praying all the way that the Lord would lead. But as you're loving people, people will feel that. Mm. And giving the others, 
the benefit of the doubt too, thinking, okay, they're not going to judge me. I'm not going to judge them. It's kind of that two-way street. And so, yeah, I just think that's a really good reminder for all of us to remember to really just hear people out, hear their stories. If someone offers different type of music or a different type of food, try it. I can't tell you all the times that I went to different restaurants with friends and that was a super fun cultural experience for both of us. And yeah, sharing in that together really does change everything. Yeah. Yeah. So then kind of as we wrap up here, what would you all say to people in church contexts that want to make a change? What are some resources? What are some books? What are some ways that they truly can make a change and have friends that maybe don't look like them? Uh, I would say, well, yes, start with prayer, kind of like how you were leading. If you want a resource that can kind of help you navigate, well, I don't say navigate the issues, but just kind of be made aware. I think Oneness Embraced by Tony Evans is a great place to start Hmm. to kind of see even a deeper dive into the biblical aspects of all these things. Um. Yeah. Uh, Richard, is there another book that, that you could recommend? That's the one that kind of jumps to my head. Uh, yeah. I can. Uh, I would say I'd recommend. Um, what's that book by that girl? Uh, the New Jim Crow. Yeah, that one. That one. I think to understand more like the like the systemic problems that are going on. That's a really good one and an mm-hmm. opening one. Uh, I'd also recommend the documentary on Netflix Thirteenth. Uh, that's the one that really kind of opened up my eyes to a lot mm-hmm. of these things going on and um, really gave me uh, some, some, some insight. Um, and then I, ultimately, I think all these issues, I think God wants there to be like racial reconciliation mm-hmm. in our church, in our country, all those kind of things. And so if you're walking with him, I think that's like the, like the best way. And I think he's going to point you to people in your life. Like I was just talking about the gym, you know, but there are people in your life like right now that are um, – my minorities or people who are oppressed that you can be like walking with and, uh, and he'll give you the words to say and the interactions to have, I think. So one thing that has really helped me in just understanding, um, who I am in the truth form of myself, um, this may be my slogan. My motto is that the truth thing about me is that I am in Christ, you know, um, has actually been studying, um, just this, doctrine if you will of union with christ um and knowing like what what actually means to be united to god um because only through the lens of like unity to god can we understand unity to our fellow human to the church right and so like um for me it's definitely not like a like a book about like um like race or anything but just like looking in scripture at like who we are in christ is massively important for understanding who we can be as the body of Christ, because that is, that is the place where we're unified at the communion table, right? Like this common union in Christ. And so for me, yeah, just here's what you can do, I guess, since there's not like a book about it, um, just go to your ESV Bible or whatever Bible you use and just type in, in Christ and just take account of everything you have because, um, Christ has united himself to you. And if you're united to Christ, you're united to all of the Christians across the world, which means that you're united to a majority, um, like diverse church, right? Like mm. most of the Christians in the world aren't yeah. yes, white. <laughs> and so like to be united to the fellow saints of ages old and today, 
Um, it's just a beautiful, um, soothing, like ointment on like a wound, right? Like mm-hmm. to know that you're united to the people of God and like Christ is the one who's uniting all of humanity and all things that were once broken together. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Gabe, do you mind praying for us as we close? I'd love to. Father, we thank you for um, the saints who have gone before us um, and the, and, and the, the shoulders that we stand on today. Um, and ultimately, we're thankful that, um, that, that you are the one who is um, reconciling people together. God, um, reconciliation isn't um, something we can do, God. We just, there's, <laughs> there's, it seems hopeless, God. There's like, um, there's nothing that we can do to bring the world together. Um, and as things become even more um, segmented and smaller and our identities become more complex, um, God, we need a good and true identity. Um, and we need you to be that all is Christ, Lord. Would you be our all? Would you help us to count um, who we are in you um, as the most true thing about us? Um, and ultimately, uh, Holy Spirit, we know that you are the one that knits hearts together, the one um, that heals wounds, um, God. And so, uh, yeah, we just, we just pray that you would help us to, um, to see your work in our lives, um, to see uh, the value and dignity and worth of our fellow humans. Um, God, and uh, ultimately we are thankful for the coming kingdom, God, um, where uh, the world is brought um, together in diversity, um, but not just to be diverse, but to worship you, Father, um, to worship the land that was slain. No one could open the scroll, but um, but you, Lord. And so, Jesus, thank you for um, your saving grace that while all of us um, are full of blame and fault, um, you, uh, <laughs> you've saved us, God. You... Um, he broke down the dividing wall of hostility. It no longer stands, God. We don't um, have to play these racial games or identity games. We can have um, true identity in you, God. Um, so help us to, to value um, people that are different than us. Help us to, uh, to love well, God. Um, and in a, in, a, in, a, in a more complex world, as things grow more and more complex, as um, different races come to uh, America, God, um, we thank you for that. We, um, we praise you for your gift of diversity, um, but we long for unity, Father. Um, we, we long for unity in you. Would you make us one? In your holy name, amen. Thank you for joining us today as we discuss topics that challenge us to grow and transform the way we live our lives. If you want to find out more about Providence Church, you can check us out at ProvidenceOmaha.org. If you have any questions or ideas for topics, please reach out to us at formation at ProvidenceOmaha.org as well. Thanks again for joining us and we'll talk to you soon.